From Jeffries and Gimlet Creative, this is Invisible Forces, a show about the unexpected factors shaping the global economy and our future. I'm Shannon Murphy. I'm the head of equities content at Jeffries. And I'm Erin Shea. I'm from the Capital Intelligence team at Jeffries. The forces that shape our physical world are invisible. You can't see or touch gravity, but it literally holds everything together. The same is true of the economy. Many of the things that create value are imperceptible. The philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer said that talent hits a target no one else can hit. But genius hits a target no one else can see. Throughout this series, we're going to hear from innovative thinkers and doers, people who have unique perspectives on these emerging forces. Forces that are driving changes that could result in trillions of dollars of value creation or loss. Our starting point is a sector that makes up one of the world's largest economies, one we all rely on. This is a seven to $10 trillion industry. There is not a single thing in the industry today that will stay the same in the next 20 years. Not one thing, no one is safe. So $10 trillion is in one person's pockets right now. And in 20 years, that $10 trillion will be in someone else's pockets. You know, why we need a five-seater car, seven-seater car to move one person around? You're moving 4,000 pounds to accommodate 150 pounds. And it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) My mother loves to say uh, everything is delivered by a truck except babies. Seismic changes are happening in nearly every sector. We'll also explore how consumer values are shifting and where some of the most promising breakthroughs in healthcare are happening. An area where value can often be priceless. He was laying on the table in the doctor's office waiting for the doctor to come in and he just picked up his arm off the table and like held his hand in the air. He hadn't done that, I mean, since he was a newborn. Listen for that story and much more later in the season. Throughout, we'll hear not only from the voices behind these innovations, but from those whose lives are being changed by them. Today, as we mentioned at the top, we're exploring a sector that affects all of us. Chances are you had to get somewhere today. If not, lucky you. And all of the things around you made a journey at some point as well. Your coffee or tea, your sofa, your computer. Today we're talking about mobility. Which is any technology that facilitates the movement of people, packages, or food from one place to the other. This is Storm Duncan, the global head of tech-enabled mobility at Jefferies. He's going to take us through the invisible forces driving changes in the way we transport ourselves, our stuff, and what we eat. Think about how trains changed the way societies were organized. Then cars, which set a certain standard of living for the last hundred years. All of that is being disrupted right now. We've seen transformational changes in just the last few years, and Storm says it's only the beginning. There's a world of people that have existed for, you know, hundreds of years that help move something from one place to another. So if it's a package and you need it delivered, a courier on a bike or someone in a vehicle or a UPS truck would bring that to you. Or if you wanted to do takeout or if you wanted to go to the opera, you would catch a taxi. So that's kind of the historical notion. And what's happened in the last three, four or five years is, is we've created this economy of people that are doing that now in different forms and functions. So a lot's changing. Let's start with the movement of people. So many headlines from the last decade have focused, with good reason, 
on ride-sharing, electrification, and the future of autonomous vehicles. But some of the fastest-growing startups of all time are actually in the micro-mobility space. One of them is Lime. The company started in 2017 by enrolling a bike-sharing program at UNC Greensboro. Now, it's a global phenomenon with e-scooters in cities around the world. Lime hit a more than $2 billion valuation in just two years. Brad Bow is Lime's co-founder and CEO. We caught up with him at the Jefferies Private Internet Conference in April. 50% plus of the trips in the U.S. are less than three miles. 70% of the traffic is single occupancy. So what it means that for a mile or two, you don't really need a 4,000-pound car to move around, right? The energy to move us for a mile or two, you know, is much less than moving a 4,000-pound car. As our cities become more and more dense, traffic and pollution will continue to get worse, challenging our transportation systems. More than two-thirds of the world's population is expected to live in urban centers by 2050. That's up from 55% today. And Brad says there are things our cities simply can't keep up with. Infrastructure is one of them. Historically, our solution is adding more roads and adding more cars, and that has been proven failed. This hits at the heart of one of the invisible forces creating value in the mobility world. Rather than building more things to solve issues, the future may rely on reducing things. How much of this is around the reduction of friction? Yeah, you know, that's actually a great question. Uh, A lot of technology is always about the reduction of friction, right? So in essence, when you create a new technology, you're solving a market need, which is a pain point. And what is that pain point? If nothing else, by definition, it's a friction point. Lime and other companies have identified and already reduced multiple friction points. Take, for example, a time of day very full of friction for many of us. Our commutes. 40% of Lime riders most recently use the service as part of their commute. And that's one of the numbers that when we look at it, say, yeah, that, you know, it starts to change a daily behavior instead of it's a fad or it's a novelty, right? That is a very typical commute pattern that many users otherwise probably just drive the car. When we use different forms of transportation in the course of a single trip, that's called multimodality. Think of when we hop off the subway and then hop right on a scooter. The Lime team is focused on minimizing steps to save riders both time and money. Walk up to a scooter, scan a QR code, and get on your way. So this is one way the invisible force of reducing friction is shaping the movement of people. It's also having a huge impact on how we move things. Friction is also about inefficiency. So sometimes it's like you don't even think there's a market need, but there's an actual market need. So the concept of something being manufactured and then put in a crate and coming to the border, then going through the border, and then going to a distribution center, and then opened, and then split up, and then repackaged, there's a lot of friction there, but also just a lot of inefficiency. The next innovator we're going to meet thinks a lot about these inefficiencies. Drew McElroy is the CEO of Transfix, an $800 million company at the forefront of making freight delivery more efficient for everyone. If trucks stop running, like, now I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but like, within 24 hours, there's no produce. Within 72 hours, there's no gasoline. And within like five days, there's no like water and everybody dies. I mean, that's, that's a little bit of like an overstatement, but like society would be in, in, in some 
pretty serious trouble pretty quickly. Trucking, this lifeblood of our economy, is a $700 billion industry, and it's growing. Drew's aim is to create value for the people who need things shipped, trucking companies, and individual drivers. He's doing that by focusing on the middle part of that transaction. Your classic freight broker, the businesses that we're disrupting, are like the smoky, smoke-filled rooms with the dudes with like three phones on their desks making phone calls. I mean, they might as well be trading coffee beans and screaming at each other, except they're in different rooms. Drew knows about freight brokers. It's what his parents did. So he's been immersed in this industry since he was a little kid. As an adult, it dawned on him that if ride-hailing companies are making matches for people who need to get somewhere, why not do the same for freight that has to get somewhere? It creates a tremendous amount of market opportunity for us. What's better than a huge business that's incredibly wasteful? Uh, and the idea is that through you know, mobile technology and you know, AI and ML and all the fun buzzwords, we can build a very, very efficient network um, and ultimately drive value to the companies that need to ship things and those who do the shipping itself, meaning truck drivers, by driving efficiency through technology, uh, we create positive ROI for both of them, which is to say we create money by eliminating waste. Creating value by eliminating waste. This is another invisible force shaping the next decade for the freight and delivery industries. We asked Drew to explain how Transfix streamlines the process of matching drivers to suppliers. It all begins with demand. One of our customers says, we need you to ship this. So, I mean, if you think about it, even on a map, that starts with a, you know, bing, it's a node of demand. Um, And so, of course, algorithmically, our system knows where thousands and thousands of drivers are. Drew estimates that truckers have to navigate about 65 billion empty miles a year. That is, miles driven without even carrying any freight, at a cost of about $2 per mile. That's like driving nearly 350 trips to the sun and back and missing out on $130 billion. So that's that's just empty mileage, not to say anything for truck drivers' time and other forms of waste. So it's a pretty wasteful and huge business that has a lot of opportunity for improvement. And this brings us to another invisible force driving transportation, Asset utilization. Let's stick with trucking for a little longer as an example. So when you have a vehicle, one question is, is how many places do I have to stop to fill it up? How do I get it completely full so that I'm making as much money on that asset, right? Full utilization of my asset as possible. When I get to my end destination, how do I minimize the number of places I need to drop this off at? Because that's all time, it's all fuel, it's all inefficiency, it's all friction. And so that's one aspect of it. And then you have this whole concept of, I live here, I'm now there because I delivered all these things and I need to get back. Well, in an optimal asset utilization model, you're going to fill that thing back up and put other things on it on the way back. To get a better sense for just how big of a difference this could make for people on the ground, we went straight to the source. A big rig. Miguel Sotomayor has been in the trucking industry for nearly 20 years. And this is where he spends a lot of his time, in the cab of his truck. Miguel lives in Brick, New Jersey, but we met him where he parks his truck, about 40 miles away from there. I park my truck here because most of the the loads are coming from this area. You don't want to spend money coming from one place to another place empty for no reason. 
diesel expensive. If you go a hundred miles empty, uh, we're talking about probably like uh, 13 gallons multiplied by three. That's we're talking about 40 bucks that you just throw into the garbage. So why, when you're trying to get a low, it has to be the closest where you are. And that's just one trip. Imagine these numbers over the course of a year, or thousands of miles, or millions of truckers. Miguel also still relies on a few dozen freight brokers. But if a broker doesn't come through with a shipment, he now turns to Transfix, which was an option he didn't have until a few years ago. It really brings into focus what these changes mean for some of the people who are most essential to our transportation ecosystem. But more efficient doesn't always equal perfect. So if you send a milk truck from one place to another and it's coming back, by definition, that place didn't have milk, so you can't bring another load of milk back. So there will never be perfect efficiency in in that concept. But the more you can use technology to make the asset utilization higher, the better it is for the world and for that trucker who makes more money. Better asset utilization has been a key force in driving new efficiencies across mobility, and it's going to continue shaping our future, including how we make these calculations on an individual basis. You have a car, you use it 4% of the time. Shouldn't someone else be using it the other 96% of the time instead of selling 25 more vehicles? Sometimes when you think about the future of mobility, we immediately jump to autonomous vehicles. But there are important steps between now and that reality that will also have a massive impact on how we move. I have a 12-year-old daughter. She's a city kid, so she probably won't get her license when she's 16. Is it conceivable that, like, her generation's the first generation of kids that doesn't get licenses in 10 years from now because we have more autonomous cars or even just different patterns of mobility? For sure. We already noticed this at Jeffrey's with our recruiting class. So like when we recruit young people into the organization, whether from undergraduate schools or graduate schools, it's almost unheard of that any of them own a vehicle, have ever owned a vehicle. A lot of them might have a driver's license for different reasons. The ability to go to a bar or travel on airplanes where you need identification. So, um, but they actually don't own a vehicle or use a vehicle, and they're almost exclusively using some form of micromobility or transportation as a service company. So to me, it is definitely not only conceivable, I think it's highly unlikely that she'll ever own a vehicle. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of autonomy. Autonomy mm-hmm. will eventually make that a much more economic decision than it currently is. But it's because transportation is now going to be removed from being an owned asset by a human to becoming a fleet-owned asset and will be managed by people that are providing that service to you. So transportation as a service is the common term. And the invisible forces Storm's describing aren't necessarily years off. They're already changing how we move food. So now we've covered people and we've covered the packages. Uh, The food side is very interesting as well. There are huge opportunities for innovation in this space. The first evolution of of efficiencies that were created in that ecosystem were basically creating the online ordering system so you can order. And then the, the primary benefit of that was for the restaurant was, oh, okay, I have a whole bunch of different sources of demand now and they just provide me additional orders. So not a big, big change. So it was more of a customer acquisition cost reduction, right? But then if you think about the whole economy uh, and economics of what's being done there is you order, they prepare the food, and then they have it delivered to you. To make the process efficient, you either have to aggregate where the restaurants are or where the customers are. This is spurring the development of so-called dark kitchens, kitchens preparing food solely for efficient delivery. 
Here's how Storm explains this concept. We'll go by a parking garage, let's say in the middle of San Francisco. We're going to shut it down and we're going to put a big kitchen in the, in the center of that parking garage. And that kitchen is going to cook 10 or 15 different types of cuisines. That is going to be game changing, I think, for the food delivery industry. Which means food suppliers in all aspects of the business could also be impacted. So all of the restaurants and all the food delivery companies will be fundamentally changed, grocery, like anything in that network. As we've heard throughout this episode, mobility means more than the movement of people and goods. It's a force that can change life as we know it. This represents a huge opportunity for wealth creation. And modernization is a two-way street. While trillions of dollars of value are created in one sector, we could see billions more rearranged in countless others. Next time on Invisible Forces, breakthroughs in healthcare, from editing genomes to lengthening lives. Not only for the families, but for those involved, and certainly for any, I guess, person with a heart to understand what an, a, a, a miraculous achievement is to, uh, to have come up with a drug like this to save someone's life. Listen up for that, and if you like what you're hearing, leave us a review. I'm Shannon Murphy. And I'm Erin Shea. This episode was produced by Jorge Estrada, Emily Foreman, and Carrie Ann Thomas. Our senior producer is Matt Schultz. Our editor is Renita Jablonski. Music and mixing by Marcus Begala. Additional music from Blue Dot Sessions. Zach Schmidt is our technical director. Additional production help from Soraya Shockley. Special thanks to Brad Bow, Drew McElroy, Stephen Vaselli, Stephen Burks, and Miguel Sotomayor. See you next week. Jefferies, the full-service global investment banking firm headquartered in the U.S., focused on serving clients for more than 55 years, is a leader in providing insight, expertise, and execution to investors, companies, and governments. The firm provides a full range of investment banking, advisory, sales and trading, research, and wealth management services across all products in the Americas, Europe, and Asia. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or a recommendation from any Jeffries entity to the audience. This podcast is being provided strictly for informational purposes only. Any views or opinions expressed herein are solely those of the individuals identified. This is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or investment. Any opinion or estimates constitute our best judgment as of the date of the podcast and are subject to change without notice. The information upon which this podcast is based was obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but has not been independently verified. It may be based on subjective assessments and assumptions and should not be relied upon as an accurate representation of future events. No responsibility is accepted, and no representation, undertaking, or warranty is made or given in either case expressly or impliedly by Jeffries as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of the information contained herein, or as to the reasonableness of any assumptions on which any of the same is based, or the use of any of the same. Accordingly, neither Jeffries nor any of its officers, directors, employees, agents, or representatives will be liable for any direct indirect or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person resulting from the use of the information contained herein. 
or for any opinions expressed by any such person or any errors, omissions, or misstatements made by any of them. Jeffries is not an advisor as to legal, taxation, accounting, or regulatory matters in any jurisdiction and is not providing any advice as to any such matter. Listeners of this podcast should take their own independent advice with respect to matters discussed.